Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. It's important that anything you say from the Bible, you have the Bible backing it up. If not, you can just say nice things that are not in the Bible. Like heaven bless those who bless themselves. Or heaven help those who help themselves. Right? It's not in the Bible. Okay? So that's why the scripture for everything. Perfect. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Alright, so faith in God, part 2. And um, I I said today that I want to talk about the four alternatives that people put their faith in. But let's get back to Mark chapter 11 and verse 22-23, which is our anchor scripture. And we did emphasize last Sunday that it's important for you to understand that your faith has to be in God. And I tried to explain to you that literally that scripture means put your faith in God. Have faith in God. And I also did emphasize that um, the Bible in, in, in giving us that story talked about Jesus being hungry which shows us the humanity of Jesus. And what Jesus was trying to explain to us in this verse is that we as his sons, praise God, can live the life of faith. Please, if you were not in the prosperity school on Friday, get a hold of the message and listen to it. And um, it's very important this month that all our teachings, faith school, prayer school, prosperity school, you listen to all the messages consistently because they all build into one another. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, the Bible says, True, uh, and Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. And I said that uh, a theologian by the name of Kenneth Worst said, The object of faith there is God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Which means that it is possible for a man to have faith, but not in God. All right. Now, come with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 6. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 6. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord. Can we say the word faith? Can we say the word faith is the word trust? Right? She says the word faith is the Greek word pistis. It means reliance. It means trust. Right? You could interchange it. It says, trust in the Lord. So let's change that to have faith in the Lord. Praise God. Have faith in the Lord with how many of your heart? I didn't hear that. With how many of your heart? And what's our definition of all in this church? Everything minus nothing. Praise God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now look at that verse carefully. Would the word trust also, if I say, I trust you, or I have faith in you, can I also say, I lean on you? Right? I, I know it's not correct English in that sense, but you understand what I'm trying to say? Would you say if you trust in someone, you're leaning on that person? 
right? If I'm leaning on this pulpit, it's because I have faith that this pulpit can hold me, right? Can hold my weight. So, would the word lean on also refer to trust? Would the word lean on refer to relying on something? Okay, if I say I'm relying on something, would that mean that I'm trusting in that thing? If I say, for instance, I'm relying on you to give me my money, would, would that mean I'm trusting you to give me my money? Would that also mean I'm having faith in you that you'll give me my money? So can I say that faith would also mean leaning on? That if I say I have faith in God, it means I'm leaning on God. That if I say I have faith in God, it means I'm relying on God. That if I say I have faith, don't be tired of saying yes. Because I mean, you're just saying yes. I'm talking for the whole one hour. Yes is small. All right? But I want you to get it because it will make you understand this verse. All right? So if I say, lean on, I can as well use the word faith or trust or rely. Would we be correct with that? Now, if we read that in that sense, it would mean trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not trust on your own understanding. If I say trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not trust in your own understanding, and is joining two sentences together, which means that it is possible to trust in the Lord and it's also possible to trust in your own understanding. That would mean there are two objects of trust there. What would be the two objects of trust? The Lord and what? And on your understanding. Which means that in your life, two things will be fighting for trust. What will those two things be? The Lord and what? Your understanding. And so the Bible says, don't put your trust in your own understanding, but take your trust and put it where? In God. Next verse, the sixth. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. All your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledging him here is not just recognizing him, is putting faith in him. And what will he do? He will make your path straight. Go back to the, the verse before now, verse, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. You know, Jeremiah says the heart of man is desperately wicked. And we'll deal with that as we progress, okay? So, I'll just say this right now. There, there's a, a whole lot on this subject that I can't cover in teaching. So, I'm, I'm already writing a book on it, okay? So, it should be out um, by January. You, you get a hold of it and read it. There's so much I cannot teach on a Sunday morning. But if you look at that trust in the Lord with all your heart, you realize... Jeremiah said, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, if you read the context, we'll talk about that maybe in the fourth part. If you look at the context of where he says, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The context there was the context of trust. Right? When we get there, you'll you follow it. But just follow me now. The reason is because you can actually pretend to be trusting the Lord, but your heart is not really in the Lord. So let me give you an example. I'm praying, you know, maybe I'm believing God that God will give us money to do certain things in the church. And, you know, and you know, I can be praying that as the pastor of the church. And I'm believing God, God is going to make the money to come. But I know some people who are very wealthy in the church. And in my mind, I'm saying, you know what? 
God is going to touch these people to give. How many of you know that at that instant, the whole of my heart is not trusting God? Okay. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. The other, way, the other word for faith is trust. Every human being has faith. We have faith in cars. We have faith in the doctor's report. We have faith in schools. But the new birth gives us capacity to believe God, not just as new creations in Christ Jesus, but as sons of God. John chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. We dealt with that in the prosperity school. That the fact that we are now children of God, we have the spiritual capacity to believe God. Now, the truth of the matter is that every one of you here has faith in the natural. Praise God. You have faith in the chair you're sitting, sitting, uh, sitting on this morning. That's why when you came, you didn't touch the chair. You know, you just sat down. You believed that the chair would hold you. You had faith in the bus that you entered this morning. That's why you just sat down. You have faith, right? You know, so we all have that natural faith. But when we, when we get born again, the capacity for spiritual faith is better than us to believe in God. Now, when the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart, it's simply telling us that for the child of God, the way to live your life is to completely put your trust in God. And you see, like we talked about in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, our knowing the will of God, our walking in the will of God, comes from us renewing our mind. And we have to consistently renew our mind. Remember where we started from that we are not drifting, which means that you do not come to the place in your life where you are gradually moving your faith away from God, but you still pretend to be in faith. So I'll talk about four things people put their faith in as an alternative. Number one is money. 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 Number one is money. And I did say last Sunday, you know, something I really never thought of, but, you know, the Lord just put it up in my heart as I was studying this. If you think, and I, and I made it as a categorical statement, that if you, as you're sitting here this morning, as we're fellowshiping together, if you think if I have more money, my life would be better, you're already having faith in money. It's not if you have more money, your life will be better. If you know God more and you have faith in God more, your life will be better. How many of us know money can fail? And somebody say, let me fill in my hand. Just give me first. <laughs> you know, in, in, as I was studying this subject, I discovered how much grip money has had on our lives. Oh man, it's terrible. You know, when the Lord says you cannot serve God and mammon, we thought he was joking. Money. It's changed pastors' messages. Money has forced prophecies to come out that shouldn't come out. Money has made people marry who they shouldn't marry. Money has made committed people not to be committed to God. And I said, you'll find two categories of Christians. Those who are not serving God because of money and those who are serving God because of money. There are those who money is preventing them from serving God. Oh, I don't have money. That's right. And there are those whose main purpose for serving God is money. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Proverbs eleven twenty-eight. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at this. 
He who trusts in his riches will fall. But the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. He who trusts in his riches. You see, so it means that people can trust in their riches. It's an alternative where people put faith. And that is why we unconsciously have the belief that if we have more money, our lives would be better. It's an unconscious, subtle trust. And I'll show you the Lord helping us this morning. You see that as your wealth begins to increase, you will begin to get more independent from God. And that's where you need to watch it. Because you just realize that you can make decisions without even asking God. In those days, you used to pray for everything. Now you can just sit down and not even consult God anymore. Why? You have the money. You have the resources. Your faith is now in that money. He who trusts in riches will fall. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, He says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. He says, You cannot serve God and wealth. The word hate is the Greek word to love less. That means the foundation of your love will be more on your resources. And especially when you grow up in a, in a society like ours that's economically disadvantaged, a society that exalts money, that extols money, unconsciously our faith is built on money. And you have to be very careful that your faith is not in money, but in God. There are many things in your life right now that money will not solve. And don't get to the point where money fails you before you start trusting God. Start trusting God from today. Your faith must not be in money. You know, it was interesting. I had a very interesting experience and I was talking to Pastor about it. It's something I've really never experienced in my life. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm very passionate about the gospel. That's all I do with my life. So I'm not a, you know, a preacher who is, you know, trying to invest to get a lot of money. I mean, that's not, that's not my kind of person. So I found this, you know, nice investment, just little profits coming out. It was just cool. So we put in a lot of our money. I remember two years before the whole thing collapsed, the Lord began to speak to me about so much trust in that thing. I mean, I can remember now. The Lord began to speak to me about so much trust because there were certain statements I could just make, like, you know, these we've got discovered, I've put this there. You know, and the whole thing, you know, collapsed. You know, I'm not saying that's why it collapsed because a lot of people were there, but I mean, the whole thing collapsed. But I mean, we're able to recover from it because naturally, regardless of what I put up for savings, what I put up for the house, what I put up, my faith is in God. And that's why you realize that many people do not recover from losses because that's where their faith is in. That's their future. You know, some people's life just go down the drain. All you need to send some people to depression is just plug their savings. They are dead. 
They will even tell you, all my life is gone. They say, where is your life? It was in GTB. <laughs> Sorry for using GTB phrase. I just, just came to my mind. All right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your faith must not be in money. No matter how rich you are right now, you shouldn't think your future is already secured. Your future, ladies and gentlemen, is not secured. He who trusts in riches will fall. Thank you, Lord. Are you learning something this morning? Remember what we read in Prosperity School? When the Lord asked Solomon to ask, and he said, give me a designing heart, and God says, because you did not ask for riches. Right? Or because you did not ask for the life of your enemies. Or for long life. Our three core prayer points in our churches today are the things God says, because you did not ask for, I would give you riches. I know many people now, if Jesus meets them, and say, what do you want? Is money. They will say, Lord, make it dollars. Because I don't know if they will change this naira again. Make it <laughs> Okay. Now Jesus spoke to the rich young ruler and says, give your wealth, right, and sell your wealth and give to the poor. And you know what happened? The man went away sorrowful. He did not agree to that. Now he came to Jesus and says, good master, Right? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, keep all the commandments. And he says, I've kept that since I was young. When you look at the life of this man, you will think all his faith was on God. Now God gives him an instruction and says, sell all you have and give to the poor. And the Bible says, he went, he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. The Bible says, because he had great possessions. Now, it wasn't just because he had great possessions, praise God, it wasn't because, thank you, it wasn't because he had great possessions, it was because his faith was in his, what? Possessions. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. That means, when he heard from the Lord and said, sell all you have and give to the poor, and come follow me, the man said, no way. If I take this path, I'm getting poor. I know people who cannot answer the call of God in their lives because of what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. And let me tell you, if you have gotten to that place where God cannot speak to you about anything you possess, your faith is in that thing. You know the reason why we struggle with giving a lot of times? Our faith is in that money. And that's how you realize that if they pump some money into your account right now, you will just be smiling. Because you just feel that, "Ah, I've got it covered. This thing called money, you must learn to deliberately remove your faith from it. That's why some people get cranky before it gets to the end of the month. Get cranky with their family. Get cranky with their kids. And that's why some of us cannot make kingdom decisions because of money. As you are here now, if you hear the... And the number one reason why a lot of people cannot answer the call into ministry is nothing. It's not as if they don't want to serve God. They don't want to put themselves in that place where they have to depend. <laughs> you know, someone told me many times. <laughs> he said, ah, I cannot imagine my life depending on the giving of the people. I said, oh, that's beautiful. That itself is pride. 
Because if the Lord has said, this is the way you should live, if I call you, you should humble yourself to live the way God has asked you to live. Faith in money. How many decisions do we make because it's monetary decisions? How many times does money take us away from the presence of God? Now, let me give you some scriptures. 1 Timothy 6, 17. I have four. Let me see. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Are you learning something this morning? Have faith in God. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Instruct those who are rich. And he didn't say there was anything wrong with riches. He just said instruct those who are rich. And, and let me tell you, faith in money doesn't just have to do with when you have money. Faith in money also works for people who don't have money. They just believe that money. And some people who don't have money, it's not lack of money that's their problem, it's wisdom. Right? We talked about the seven dimensions of wealth in prosperity schools. And we talk about what? Wisdom, vision, knowledge, skills, relationship, opportunities. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be considered. That word considered is not to be high-minded, not to be proud. Some translation says not to be haughty. Or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. Look at this. It says, but on God. If I say, don't fix your hope on A, but on B, it simply means you can either fix your hope on what? On A and what? And B. Are we together? Are we together? Because I know money issue is serious issues. Change the translation for me. NLT. I need you to get this. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud. Why, why must you be taught not to be proud? Because there is pride that comes with riches. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Especially in a society like us, once you have a bit of funds, you are almost above everybody. Even your father will be calling you Chemo. You say, ah, boy, you're my father. And I say, no, no, it's who has money that is father. What is father without money? I'm, I'm telling you, when you live in a society like that, you have to train yourself not to be proud. Because especially in a society like ours, you can get away with anything if you have money. And the Christian must be careful. And the reason some people want to have money is not for anything. It's to be able to live that life. That's why we'll never really know if you're serving God until you have some resources. Because poverty has a way of keeping you humble because your options are limited. Some people are not sinners now because they are poor. The sin they really want to commit is too expensive. They cannot afford it. So you know, they were holy. And immediately, money comes. Because money amplifies who you are. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust. Look at that word again. In their money, which is so unreliable. If the Bible tells you money is unreliable, believe the Bible. Their trust should be where? I didn't hear that. Their trust should be where? So it means that a man can either trust money or trust what? God. And God is saying, even if you have money, don't trust in your money. Trust in what? Trust in God. So their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all, all the things we need for our enjoyment. 
The gospel translation says not to place their confidence in anything as uncertain as riches. Instead, they should place their confidence in God. Look at what Job said in Job 31.24. Let me have that. NIV. Job 31.24. Look at what Job said. And then we'll move to the second one. Trust in money. And I, I pray when we have the book published, you, you could get a copy of it and, and read. There's so much. It says, because I so feared the crowd. Job 31, praise God, 24. Job 31, 24, please. If I have put my trust, my trust in gold, or set to pure gold, you are my security. <laughs> Job was speaking. He says, if I have put my trust, let's use the NLT. NLT. Have I put my trust in money or feel, felt secure because of my gold? How many of you know there is a kind of security that money gives to us? That security. Temptation. Hmm? You know it's because of money we have parents marrying off children to people they know should not be married to because of money. Security. He says, if I have put my trust in money... One of the things I want you to do this morning is to examine your life if your trust is in money. If you ever make that statement, if I had more money, my life would be better. Your trust is already in money. See, your life is where it is because your faith in God is low. It's according to you, according to your faith. According to your faith is what happens to you. Faith is what changes the outcome. You know, and, and, and even as a minister, and I, I mentor quite a lot of young, younger pastors, and some pastors my age, the Lord began to deal with me on that because you hear ministers say, if I had more money, I would do more for God. And I realized it's not that way. Because there are people who had more faith in God and because they had more faith in God, the resources for the vision came. We must not excuse our lack of faith in God for the absence of money. Have I put my trust in money? You need to answer this question. Or felt secure because of my goal? I don't know, I, I don't have the exact figures, but I remember when all these Naira and dollars thing happened and everything, you know, we were told um, Dangote dropped, lost some huge amount of millions just because of that difference in exchange rate. Reliable. Money is unreliable. Praise God. I remember when I got back from the U.S., uh, I was praying, and then just praying, needed to go back there in March to teach in a Bible school and something. And the Lord says, buy the ticket now. So I was like, oh, it's quite early. And he says, buy it now. So I bought the ticket for a trip in March, bought it when I came back from the U.S. You know, I just checked the ticket last week. It, 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 it just went everywhere. Money is unreliable. I know some of you have calculated this year. <laughs> and you never knew it was going to be 1,000 to 1. Do you want Naira now? What's that? What's that? It's 1,000 to what? Okay, to 1. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you planned with 365. Unreliable. All your economics have gone. Hmm? There are those that have taken a step forward and they are hooked. They can't return. They can't go further. 
They will just say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have... No, don't worry. Your faith is in money. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. This thing called faith in God, learn it. It doesn't matter how things go. Faith in God will prevail. Even if it goes to 5,000, whatever the exchange is, no matter how it goes, what will happen? Faith will prevail. You know, in Egypt, money failed. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you learning something? All right. Psalm 62, verse 10. New Living Translation. Psalm 62, verse 10. We're talking about alternative sources. I'm just giving you a lot of scriptures so you don't, you have a lot to meditate on. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, this is where I, um, I know we don't have people here in the first part hmm? who make living by extortion or who put hope in stealing. Hmm? You know, it's only in this part of the world that people are excited as politicians. If I, and I'll tell you the truth. If all the ways to steal are blocked, if politicians are paid low, nobody wants to contest one of the reasons why a nation is the way it is, is politics gives you access to money too cheaply. That's why you have people in politics who don't, have, who don't care about the people. Right? If they say, as a president, your salary will be 100000 nobody will contest. Because even when our own uncles, <laughs> our own uncles and aunties and people become local government chairman, we're the ones that go and pressure them. Say, as a local government chairman now, you cannot be staying in this kind of house. What kind of house should he be staying in? Should use everybody's money to enrich themselves? Well, let's leave that. Don't make your living by extortion. Or put your hope in stealing. Hmm? And you know, stealing, the, one, the, the stealing we fight against a lot is the one that takes people's phone under the bridge. You know, there are those that steal very intelligently, that change figures. Hmm? I said, hmm? There are those that steal by increasing prices. Your boss sends you to go and buy spare parts for the mechanic workshop where you are learning. Sorry, I know I have mechanics here. It's not you I'm talking to. <laughs> right? Then that tells you that this trade, if you buy it the way they are saying, you will not make money. I want to show you the secret of this business. The secret is stealing. Let's leave that. I say, and it says, if your wealth increases, it says, don't make it the center of your life. You see where trust is? Trust is actually making something the center of your life. What God is trying to say is, no matter how rich you are, I should be the center of your life, not money. Are you, are you following me? Hey, come on church, are you following me? Ask your neighbor, what's the center of your life? Ask the next person, what's the center of your life? Right? Say, Don't make it the center of your life. Your life now revolves around money. Decisions, monetary decisions. You don't even pray anymore. You don't even consult God anymore. Praise God. You don't consult God anymore. You just, you know, you just, ah, the money is there. Let's do this. The money is there. Let's do this. You don't consult God anymore. He's now the center of your life. You have now become destiny helper. <laughs> Praise God. 
Alright, let me go to the next one. Alright, there's a whole lot I have coming up on that, but let me go to the next one. We could spend a whole let's read something. No, let me read one scripture. Jeremiah forty nine four. New Living Translation, please. Jeremiah forty nine verse four. Jeremiah chapter forty nine verse four, New Living Translation. It says you are proud of your fertile valleys, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, you rebellious daughter, and thought no one could ever harm you. He says, you trusted in your wealth. And you thought in your mind, no one could ever harm you. You see, there's a place you get money to and you just feel like, you know, nothing can ever go wrong. Even if something goes wrong, I'll just fly out of the country. <laughs> Praise God. I want to finish this for today. Let's go on. So, money. Number two, your achievements or what you have been able to accomplish. What can you trust in? We're looking at things you can trust in. So, we talked about money. Your achievements or things... You've been able to accomplish. Jeremiah 48 verse 7. Jeremiah 48 verse 7. I want, to, I want to talk about something here. Because you are trusted in your wealth and skill, you will be taken captive. Your God, Shemosh, with his priests and officials will be hauled off to distant land. Is it because you have trusted in your skill? There's something about the child of God that must ensure that you don't even trust in your own personal achievement or your skill. That's not where your faith is. Now, please get my book, uh, Prosperity and Increase the Missing Link. Okay, I talked about relationship, I talked about skills, I talked about all of those things. So, this is not trying to say, don't be skillful. You see, but your faith must not be in your what? In your skill. You know, as I began to brood over this message, I began to see really how we need the, the believer needs to constantly say, you know what, it's the grace of God. And you know, people will try to explain, and we know it is grace, but, listen, remain there. Remain at that level. Remain at that level. Not to trust in your skill. Why? Because Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11, let's have the NLT version. It says, I've observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner does not always win the race. The strongest warrior does not always win the battle. It says, the wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. It says, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. How many of you know this is a complete picture of what we see in the world today? Oh, very. The Bible is complete if you take time to study it. It says the educated don't always lead successful lives. It says it is all decided by chance. Now, he defines chance as this. By being in the right place at the right time. He says the factor of success is being at the right place at the right time. And child of God, who do you think in this world can put you in the right place at the right time? It has this God. Don't be boastful in your skill. In your achievements. You know, some people feel they are too intellectual. <laughs> you know, it's amazing sometimes when I get to encounter people that are very brilliant and they don't serve God. They'll give you all the reasons, all the reasons why they don't do church anymore, I don't do Jesus, I don't do religion. You just look at them. <laughs> and the atheists will say he doesn't believe in God. That those... You know, this world came, came about with a big bang. And since then, no bang has ever happened. Have you ever seen something hit itself 
and this disorderly, all your plates fell down and broke. Then they arranged themselves neatly. Many times, the more skillful you are, the more your trust will start going towards your skill. And that's why when you are planning your life, always plan with the grace of God in view. Can I tell you something? You have no clue about the future. As you are sitting here, I don't care what you read, I don't care what you study, you have zero clue about the future. How many of you realize when COVID came, I don't know how many of you learned lessons, but it just dawned on us that, ah, God is merciful. You know, I mean, and I'm just thinking, like, it won't take God anything to just, to just, I mean, just change all of us. Seven billion of us just put us in one place. I mean, you had cars you couldn't drive. Eh? You had vacation plants you couldn't go to. Beaches were deserted. Countries. You, you couldn't do anything. The money was there. The plants were there. See, this world is fickle. It's very fickle. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. So, in Daniel chapter 9, verse, sorry, Daniel chapter 4, and verse 29 to 31, Daniel 4, 29 to 31, you know, look at this. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. Next verse, please. As he looked out across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. It was Nebuchadnezzar talking. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. Somebody say, Che. <laughs> He says, you will be driven from human society. You will live in the field with wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn, until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. He was just strolling in his palace and said, look at what I've built. He says, then a message came to him. He says, from today, you are no longer ruler over this kingdom. Says you will eat grass. You, you know what I mean? Salad. <laughs> but he now says you will eat it like a cow. <laughs> of I like to eat uh, salad, salad all the time. We don't know if the message has come to you. <laughs> the man was just looking around. Be careful. When you look at the houses you have built, just be careful. Faith in God. Hmm? Some of you look at your children as if you were the one that even created them. Be careful. And God just told him, say, you are no longer ruler. God didn't argue with him. Everything you said is correct. God just said, you are no longer ruler over this kingdom. It's the same thing with the rich man. He says, my bands have extended. I will do this. I will say to my soul, you know the American dream. Eat. Relax. God now says, tonight, you fool. Your soul be taken away from you. There are things you should not boast about. Do you know for you to eat grass like cow will take God nothing? It's just to change your perspective. 
Right? Just to change your perspective. You will think that crawling on your fall, this thing is better than walking like this. You will see us as fools and yourself as wise. And that's all. It's just perspective. You know, you are doing everything you are doing now because of perspective. Once your perspective changes, you are gone. That's why sometimes when certain things happen to people in their mind, they just realize that they feel that not wearing shirt is better than wearing. They look at you and like, why are you clothed? You look at them and say, it's perspective. Are you here? There are some of you who took all kinds of things before you got born again, and God kept your brain sane. And you think, they say, I have strong blood. I have strong... You don't have strong blood. It's the mercy of God. You see, I, I, as, I, as I began to study more on this subject, I've just learned that it is humility to attribute, listen to me, every single thing in your life attributed to God. Let it be there. Stop providing an explanation for where you are. Oh, have this app. We thank God. It's by His grace. And we know, it, leave it that, just leave it like that. Before a message will come. See, <laughs> I like that. It says, and a message came to him. It says, you are no longer. Why? Because Psalm 24 tells us, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's. Re- let's read Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's. And this is what I like. Everything in it. The world. And come on, how many things belong to him? And all its people belong to him. Listen to me, child of God. If God needs to bring somebody from Asia to be of a blessing to you, God will make it happen. All the people on the earth belongs to God. Praise God. Your achievement, your human strength. Let's read more scriptures. Let's read some more scriptures. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Chapter 8, verse 17 to 18. I like this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 to 18. What are we learning? We are training ourselves on how to trust in God. Praise God. We are training. You have to train yourself. Don't drink from it. Praise God. How to trust in God. Learn to give glory to God. You know why? There are many people with what you have that are not where you are. That's the truth. Oh, there are many people that are where you are that, are, that should be where you are, have what you have, but are not where you are today. Right? You know, many times, you know, I mean, people don't say that anymore, but early days when I was growing up and in ministry, people say, oh, you're doing so well because your father is a pastor. You're doing so well because your father... And, I mean, and, I'm, and I'm telling them, I mean, you've got to look across the statistics about pastor's children and find out how many are doing well, preaching the gospel. Right? People always want to give a reason apart from God why you are doing what you're doing. Ah, it's because of the school you went to. Check the school you went to. There are people who graduated from that particular school that are still looking for a job. For every job you have, go and ask the HRO how many people they turn down. For every job, just go and, you know, just ask the HRO. Thousands of applications. Thank God he puts us at the right place at the right time. Say amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 8 verse 17. He did all this so you would never say to yourself. You will never say to yourself. You will never say to yourself. I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. See that? I have achieved this 
wealth with my own strength and energy. He says, verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So we don't trust in our achievement. We don't trust in our wealth. We don't trust in our skills. We don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in what we've been able to achieve. We give the glory to God. Our faith means giving the glory to God all the time. Praise God. Three more scriptures. And then we can go to the next one. James chapter 4 verse 13 to 16. NLT. I'm going to read a bit fast. James chapter 4 verse 13 to 16. Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town. And we stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. I like it. Right? James chapter 4 verse 13. It says, um, yeah. It says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow. Okay. We are going to a certain town and we stay there. You know, great business plan. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is... So it's telling you what to say. It says what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. You see, strategic plan without faith in God, Scripture says is evil. Is God saying you should not plan? No. He corrected it there. He says you ought to say, if the Lord wills, this is what we will do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, God is saying, do your plans, but tell yourself, by the grace of God, this, don't go like you own tomorrow. You know, in five years, I'll just do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. You know, <laughs> I plan a lot. I'm a very futuristic thinker. If you, if you stare at my office, you know. You know, and I, I remember I was having a conversation with my son about his school, his education and everything. So, I told him, this is what I want you to do. This is what I think you should do. This is, this is, this is. Then when I finished, I said, this is my plan. But however, the Lord can change it. And whatever the Lord wants to do, that's where we go. Is that clear? So that you don't say tomorrow, but you said, No. What you ought to say. He's just saying, don't have faith in the plan. Have faith in the God that you serve. How many of you think some of us need to make adjustments where this is concerned? You know, we just, I, some of you have already entered 2026. You have entered already. You are just waiting for new calendars to be produced. You didn't pray to God. Nothing. You see, faith is humility. It's, 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 it's humility to trust in something. Right? It's humility. Because we want to be independent. Even for me, it's a lot, I'm learning this because I'm very vision driven. I'm very goal driven. And like I tell you all the time in this church, I don't go and study to prepare a message to come and teach. I mean, I just study and fellowship with the Lord and whatever the Lord teaches me is out of the overflow of that that I share. You know, even for me. Because I can be very strategic. And God says, no. Go back to that verse again. This is how you ought to say it. Go back to that verse again. Verse 15. What you ought to say. This is how to say it. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. That means, do you remember what we read in the book of Proverbs? Acknowledge him in how many of your ways? I didn't hear that word. How many of your ways? Come on, loud and clear, please. How many of your ways? All your ways. When you're planning for your children, what should you do? Acknowledge him. Planning your career, what should you do? Acknowledge him. How many of your ways? 
all your ways. You know the funny thing? We acknowledge him in some ways. And some ways we say, don't worry, God, I got this. Relax. This is me. This is Nigeria. You, don't, you have not lived here before. <laughs> this is jungle. We know how to survive here. <laughs> all your ways acknowledge the Lord. Two more scriptures on this. Ezekiel 28 verse 5. NLT. Ezekiel 28 verse 5. NLT. Let's see if we can finish the four points for today. Ezekiel 28 verse 5. Quickly. NLT. It says, by your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. Ezekiel 28, 5. Because of your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth. And because your riches have made you very proud. Yes, your wisdom has made you very rich. And your riches have made you proud. So this is the step, right? That's why I wanted to read this. This is the step. You are skillful. You start getting things done, right? Increase starts coming. And when the increase comes, pride comes in. And then you forget to give God the glory. Right? See, the truth of the matter is, I mean, we'll talk about my own life, right? Some of you have heard my story. When I see what God is doing in my life today, you know, I mean, you can say pastor studies, pastor, I mean, and I do all of that. But when I look back at my life and I realize the point where the Lord started turning me back to Him, I just realized if God had not had mercy on me and turned me back at that point, I'll probably not be preaching the gospel. Right? Some of you heard, right? I, I mean, some of you don't know my story, but grew up in a pastor's home. I didn't want to become a pastor. Right? I wanted to be a lecturer, teach in the university. I like to study. I like to teach. I didn't want everything to do with pastor. And I felt if I continue staying with my parents, I will end up being a pastor. So I ran and I left home for one year. My parents didn't know where I was. And then they just had Delta TV. They were to do the annual Thanksgiving in church. And my mom had said, if they don't find me that week, they were going to <laughs> announce me on TV. <laughs> Would have been a way to get famous. You know, I was working with my friends. And then I heard in my spirit, go back home. And that's how I went back home. If I didn't hear that voice, if I didn't respond to that voice, I'll probably not be preaching the gospel now. So you see, you can attribute everything I'm doing to how studious I am, how disciplined I am, how prayerful I am, and all the natural things. But you need to get back to that point where the Lord changed my trajectory. Right? <laughs> and there's something my wife would always say. Say, thank God that God is using you for the gospel now. Because you know, my philosophy in life is anything you're doing, eh, do it well. And if I was going to be a bad boy, I would not rob phones. I would do banks. <laughs> See, if they catch you, you know that they caught you for something. You can't go to prison for robbing Android. <laughs> do you understand? If you're in prison and they ask you, why are you here? I say, do you know so-so-so bank? Say, where the guys behind? Do you understand? I mean, I don't know how people live life at a very... And that's why I'm, I'm very... Get to the edge. <laughs> God, have mercy. You now go to prison for stealing plantain. Say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are you here? Say, I, I took meat. That's why you are here. If you are here, be here because you are really here and you did something that even when everybody around you looks at you in prison, they will give you a chair. Say, you, you are the other guy here. Even though outside you couldn't make it. Here you are. I mean, push this thing. <laughs> 
Job 31.25. Praise God. So why do I say that? Never forget the point where the mercy of God intervened in your life and start giving you the right direction. Some of the choices you made, it was because God does what? Intervened. We are not as intelligent as we think. We are not as proficient as we think. It's time and chance happening. God putting people at the right place and at the right time. That the day you got born again, God inspired the gospel to make a meaning to you. You'd realize that there were many people you heard the gospel with that same day and they were not born again. Watch your lives today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The sanity you have for receiving the gospel, it's the grace of God and the mercy of God. How many of you understand what we're talking about? Alright, Job 31.25. Job says, If I have glowed or rejoiced about my wealth, right? Or if I have, if I have gloated because my wealth was great and because my hand had done what? Secured so much. Can I, can I have the amplified version, please? Amplified version. If I rejoiced because my wealth was great and because my powerful hand alone had gotten more, I said, I didn't rejoice because my wealth was great. I didn't rejoice because my powerful hand has gotten so much. Do you remember about Job? In one day, everything was wiped out. You know, and I usually say this, you are one sickness away from poverty. All the doctors need to say is, we don't know what's wrong with you. Go to India for tests. By the time you buy tickets, 1.5 million. Eh? Run six tests. Six million. You will sell one car. So you go to UK for tests. And it's gone. You just realize that in one week. Right? They are doing fundraising. Money is gone. See, some of us that are healthy don't know what God has done for us. Just that you are, you are healthy with all the kind of things you eat. Bunt indomie. Soup that has no description. You know, there are soup. You say, this is a goosey soup. This is a bono soup. This is the... When you look at the soup, it's, it's like manna. What is this? <laughs> Angel's food. You have to provide... <laughs> a, what's it called now when you buy something? There has to be a manual to the soup. Because nobody has a clue what they are eating. And you are still surviving. Some of you live in deplorable conditions. But God's mercy... He keeps you. Some of you fall sick. You don't believe in divine healing. You don't even have money to buy drugs. You just sit in the sun and sun yourself. Say, don't worry. It will go. It will go. <laughs> and God just have mercy on you. Get you healed. Some of you have all kinds of crazy advisors. You have taken this leave, eating this one. If you boil spider and drink it, it will go. You have done all kinds of things. Eating cola nut, eating everything you see. And God just keeps you. Because by those things you have taken, you should have been dead long ago. See, some of you, some of you literally have boiled poison and eaten. And they take those things to the lab. You'll be amazed. Put it under a microscope. You'll be amazed at how you drank one cup of germs. And you drank it with joy. And in your mind, say, after I drank the spider water, I began to feel okay. That okay was your way to death. And God keeps you. And that's why I laugh at people who think they have enemies. You have no clue. What, what, what your enemies are. You have no idea. 
You think it's that woman who is not concerned about you, who is just looking for her to feed her children that is your enemy? She looked at you that way because she was hungry. Her eyes could not go 360. <laughs> See, the way she looked at me, I've discovered that it's my enemy. The woman was hungry. Her eyes could not finish the circle. So they went this way and came back. Praise God. <laughs> That's not your enemy. You're just disturbing yourself. See, God is a good God. God is a gracious God. And wherever we are today, we give him the praise. We give him the glory. We give him the honor because he's a mighty God. Can you say amen? amen. Alright. The next one, trust in people. This is big. Maybe I'm going to stop here because this is big and then I'll pick up next Sunday, alright? But how many of you are getting blessed? How many of you are seeing where we need to start pulling our faith from and putting our faith in God? Amen. Just putting our faith in God. <laughs> Just trusting God. Learning to trust God. It's a, it's a journey of faith. You have to learn it. So every time you see your, your heart drifting, you bring it back. Say, no, 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 no. I give the glory to God. My faith is in God. Hallelujah. My faith is in God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Alright. Trust in people. Trust in people. Like I said, please, get my book, um, Prosperity and Increase, the Missing Link. I've dealt with relationship skills, hard work, and all of that. It's something you should, should read. Psalm 146, verse 3 to 5. Trust in people. Trust in people. We're looking at that phrase. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Trust in people. No, verse. let's start reading from verse... Three. No, let's use the NLT, please. The NLT. It says, don't put your confidence in powerful people. It says, there is no help for you there. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. The King James Version says, don't put your confidence in princes. No, why? Prince has royalty. Right? Say, don't trust in princes. Hmm? Go back to NLT. <laughs> Say, don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no help for you there. <clears throat> when they breathe their last, they return to the earth. Look at this. Look at this. Everyone, let's read this together. The last line. One, two, go. And all their plans die with them. Including the plan they have for you. God tells you the one reason why you should not put your faith in people. Because when they die, their plans go with them. Including the plans they have for you. That's why I don't need you guys to pray the destiny help our prayers. Because the one who's going to help your destiny is the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And he can choose to use anybody. And he can even choose not to use a human being. If God needs to use a dog to get money to you, God will do it. And if you're not careful about that destiny helper kind of prayer thing, it's unconsciously transferring your faith on people. That is somebody somewhere, someday, who's going to help you. And it's too much of African magic watching and comedy on the pulpit. Apostles never taught that. Relationships are important, but the apostles never taught the church in Ephesus to pray that their destiny helpers should locate them. You are not lost in the first place and stop praying like a victim. You are a child of God. Yeah, God has blessed people to bless you. Are you quarreling with God? Why, why does God have a problem blessing you? Do, are you quarreling with God? Do, are you keeping malice with God? Did you take God's wife? What did you do? 
Somebody say, does God have a wife? I don't know. I'm asking you. You know, we pray like, we pray like there's somebody who has a special relationship with God that God is going to bless and that person will bless us. What happened to you? It's the same blood that was shed for me, that was shed for you. It's the same blood that made that person great that can make you great. It's the same God. And if you put faith in Him, He can do in your life what nobody in this world will ever do for you. I am self-confident in the ability of God. Self-confident in the ability of God. Praise God. Since when they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plants die with them. Never put yourself in a place where you have to call someone two, three times and they start putting your call on busy. What nonsense is that? What are you looking for? I want help. You know what? You know how to get help? Go and read the book of James. Say, he that is afflicted, let him pray. Carry your Bible. Carry the messages that I've taught you. Listen and pray. God will show you a way out. Don't have faith in powerful people. Once you see rich people, you'll be shaking. Because, thank you, sir. What, what is that? You see a car, well sprayed, your senses are gone. I celebrate you, sir. I celebrate. What are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? It's faith in people. Go to your family meeting. You will be carrying your uncle's child. Ah, I like children. I like children. You don't like children. You are looking for help. You see, all this eye service, men-pleasing way of living because you want help is an insult on redemption. You make the blood of Jesus cheap. That's why I tell you, it doesn't matter what you earn, it doesn't matter what you have. When you walk through these doors and sit in this place, we are one in Christ. There's nobody sitting in the front row because he's a rich man. There's nobody, there's no dicking. Well, we don't actually even have dickings here. There's no, so I'm the dicking here, I'm the pastor here, I'm the, I'm the men's leader, I'm the women's leader. Listen to, come here, God's word, and go home. I don't care what you earn. You, you, don't, you don't get leadership in this church because you have money. Not, not till I die. Even if I die and they make you a leader in this church because you have money, I will come out of the grave and pull you out. You don't lead God's people because you have money. You lead God's people because you have character, you are full of the Holy Ghost, and there are biblical decisions on who should lead in the house of God. You don't have confidence in people. Because when they die, the Bible says all their plans would go. That includes your father. You don't put confidence in your father. You put confidence in God. Because God can use someone who is not your father to put you through life. You know, some people's life are messed up right now because their father died. And that's the truth. Some of you would have gone to school, but your father died. And it's the same thing. But you know what David said? He says, even if my mother and my father forsake me, he says, God will pick me up. You know why David had that confidence to serve God? <laughs> oh boy, that guy was rejected all his life. Yeah, let me tell you about David. My time is gone. We'll pick up from here on Sunday. Do you realize, right? Do you realize, David? 
is if they come to you now and say they want to choose the president of America, eh? <laughs> they bring any of your relation or your children. You will even bring people who are not related to you because you just tell yourself, once this man enters, it will be good for me. <laughs> and they forgot David. Can you imagine? And the prophet wanted to ordain the wrong man. That's why, see, your faith must be in God because even the prophet can see wrongly. And there are some of you that prophets have told that you don't have a destiny, they stole your destiny. He saw wrongly. It's his eyes they stole. <laughs> you know, one time I was in a meeting, one time, I don't know how I even got into that meeting, and I saw this guy prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. He came to me and said, can I talk to you? I said, no. <laughs> he said, he said can, I, can I speak to you? <laughs> no. You were shocked? I was shocked. What you want to tell me? Of course, I didn't allow him to prophesy over me because I picked up the spirit. It was not of God, but I'm not. There's nothing. Okay, people want to try to kill me. It's not news. Even Jesus, they wanted to kill him. I will be great. It's not news. It's in the Bible. All these looking for prophecies left, right, and center. What, what, what do you want them to tell you? Just tell me. What actually are you looking for? You know, some people chase after prophecy and I don't get it. What is your problem? Hey, I just know what the future we hold. Live future. Live future. Live today. How do you create a right future? One day at a time. I want to see who is chasing after me. Why are they chasing after you? You don't have money. You didn't go to school. The job they put you to learn, you didn't finish. You say they are chasing after. What will the devil gain if he catches you? <laughs> it's not like you are preaching the gospel. You are witness. What, what will the devil be able to say? Finally, we've caught this person. What will the devil boast of now in your life? And let me tell you, the devil has left you long ago. What was I even saying before I said that? <laughs> What was I saying? David, David, yeah. Don't, oh, I know this word that distracts me. Yeah. All right, David. So, yeah, so they rejected David and, 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 and Samuel missed that prophetic word. Then the Lord says, no, I've not chosen this. He says, is there any... And then they brought David from the bush and anointed him as king over Israel. This is where I want to point out in David's life. When he was dancing before the Lord and the daughter of Saul came and said, you looked foolish before the virgins. David said, you know what? I will yet look more foolish before my Lord. He says, for he chose me. He says, the one who rejected your father chose me from following the sheep and he made me a ruler over Israel. One of the reasons David was a man after God's heart, David was always conscious of where God brought him from. Do you know something? You must never forget in this life. Always remember where God brought you from. Always remember. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once in a while, remember how you could not afford food. Remember how your father could not pay your school fees. Remember, you know, before you start saying, I don't like purple shoes. I, I just want to mix this indigo with cremion. I like cremion. Before you start generating colors, you know, sometimes I look at wedding cards and they say, uh, shaded green, black, white. And I'm like... Did you guys study 
primary colors in school. I thought they were just red, black, and blue. You say bond green. Like, what is bond green? <laughs> right? Before you start choosing bond green shoes, you know, and, and, and the abundance of shoes starts causing quarrel in your house. Remember, there were days you had slippers. And you, you cared less if it was bond green slippers or diamond slippers. You know, I was thinking about this in the office today. And I remember, you know, as a little child, God spoke to me about going to the nations. I've always had a world map in my, in my office, in my room. I, I always had a world map. <laughs> and there was no one in my generation. If you pull my generation seven, seven generations back, no one had an international passport, not even my father. Right? My grandparents were uneducated. If you put A as big as a ladder, my grandfather would think you were building, <laughs> building a ladder or something. Right? And think of how my dad struggled to go to school, had to walk his way. My dad had to literally carry concrete in order to be able to pay his school fees. Right? And I just counted when I was getting ready to come out to preach this morning. And I've preached in 17 nations of the world. 17 nations of the world. All kinds of nations. It can only be the grace of God. It can only be the mercy of God. Right? I remember days when plane would go past and we would play and we would wave at them thinking the white man would see us from afar. (laughs) Praise God. If you keep that image in your heart, you will never go proud. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you keep that image in your heart. And why am I exalting us on this today? Some of us need to bring our faith back to God. Hmm? We've scattered it and we're going to examine this. I've not, I've not touched this because I want us to close because we've got our pastors meet and greet today. I want to do that on time. Right? Truth of the matter is if you remember where God is bringing you from, you will know that you can't trust people. Because there are people who have promised you heaven and earth and they've disappeared. You know some people are good with promises. And you know why you always get disappointed and will explode this? Because you have so much faith. So you don't pray anymore. You're just waiting. You're just waiting. And I'll show you. God will use men. But your faith must never be in a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God will do what? Use men, but your faith must never be in a man. Because the kind of men God will use sometimes are men that are least likely. How many of you thought if God wanted to feed his prophets during famine, he would use a widow? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand on our feet. I just feel we should have a session of thanksgiving to the Lord. Praise God. Father, as a church and as a family, we lift our voice and we say we thank you. You know, many years ago, remember how we came into this land. I remember the first service, we had 11 people. I was so glad. You know, I thought if we could only get to 50. But see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. Giving us our own place. Giving us our own property. And brought all of you to be part of this journey. And Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your mighty words. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.